three. Still gonna mess it up. My goodness, we don't even have a. All right, you're live, Zach. <laughs> all right, we're going. We're doing this. So no countdown tonight. We uh, we ditched the countdown for this evening, trying out something new. Welcome to the Outlaw Radio Show. My name is Zach Adams. I pastor a church located just outside of Athens, Georgia. The name of the church is Calvary 316. If you're local, come check us out one Sunday morning. Our service is at 1030. If you're not local, but maybe looking for a church, you can watch online. A good church that teaches the Bible. Uh, our live stream uh, is on YouTube, calvary316.live, as well as our, our Facebook page, uh, facebook.com slash calvary316. You can learn all about the church by just going to our church website, calvary 316 uh, dot com. Uh, I am joined in studio by the man that needs no introduction, the man that really makes this happen, uh, Mr. Creighton Vaughn. Welcome, bud. Hello, everyone. How are you? I'm currently trying to text my mother. What's You're up? currently texting your mother? Yes, I'm sending her a link to the to the show because she can't find it. Uh, Hi, Mom, if you found it and, before and I sent you the link. We, we want to welcome Rico to the show. She's uh, has been able to find it. You like my the new Outlaw Radio shirt I got? You like that? Creighton? Yeah, I, I like attention. it a lot. I think it looks great. Yeah, sweet, sweet. Well, hey, we're doing something a little different tonight. Uh, not only is the intro uh, without a countdown, so we're kind of diving right into this thing. Uh, we're a little shorthanded tonight. Uh, so Kyle's not with us. Nick's not with us. They're both a little under the weather. Uh, but Spice Daddy's here. Deal Daddy's here. Mm -hmm. We have added to the repertoire a uh, a fourth camera. So, so tonight... Uh, each of us have our own shot. So we'll go first with Deal Woo, Daddy. Shots everywhere, baby. Yeah, Shout you, out to you, my baby, my mom, and Creighton's mom, Miss Rico. Hey, <laughs> Creighton, you, you kind of got like a, 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 a Ringo look with the it, beard and the, the, the wavy hair. It went warm today, and I came home, swapped this on. Like, yeah, this is the fit. So We're you're, you're advocating for the next round of Calvary 316 t-shirts to be Hawaii. Oh, yeah, absolutely. We need... So, everybody, you need to suggest to Zach that we need the C316 Hawaiian shirt. There will be some C's and some 316s around, some florals and birds. We need it. See, what, what my, uh, my, my merch lady, she, uh, it's always been that I've had to order the merch and then she'll get it printed. But I have to order the merch and then, she, then pay for the printing. Uh, but this time around, I just... Uh, circumvented the system and, and just bought all the merch on my own. And then she just printed. Uh, but what that would actually let us do is, is everyone could bring whatever shirt they want the logo put on. Mm. And then we could just send them all to get the logos put bring on. Bring my Usher shirt. Your Usher <laughs> shirt. So, so deal daddy, deal daddy's got his own camera. Uh, also tonight, uh, the man, the myth, the legend spice daddy, right? Close up, man. You've got your, uh, we got you an archeology span hoodie. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're wrestling the microphone. You were wrestling, wrestling that mic. The uh, Deal Daddy jumped in there with the little pivot with your microphone. Did you just swing it back yeah, around man, to him? Yeah, I got his back. Dog. You got it. Right. got him. He's ready. So, uh, Spice Daddy, how you doing? Pretty good. Pretty good? Got my free, my feet propped up and, you know. It's, uh, I know you can have your feet propped up tonight because it's we a close-up. Close up. Nobody mm. can see my feet. Yeah. <laughs> or your shorts. Yeah. How are you <laughs> hey, in shorts? Huh? How are you in shorts? Because it's 60 degrees outside. That's nice. I, I, I wore shorts It yesterday. is shorts and hoodies weather, sir. It, it, uh, it is. It's like fall, honestly. Um, or a little bit of spring without or, the pollen. Or as my or middle like school teacher used to say, our middle school coach, beautiful North Georgia weather. <laughs> <laughs> so, Creighton, explain to the audience exactly how the show works, and then I'll tell them what makes it unique. 
So to understand how the show works, you need to get a dictionary and look up dysfunction. Dysfunction. Um, <laughs> oh, don't hate. Don't hate. So basically, just because the way we it works, took away your countdown tonight, I really like my countdown. You're all out of whack. And then you still messed up the intro. The intro, Spice Daddy. Messed is up. it we really anyway? Is it really a mess up if you do it intentionally? Uh, yeah. It is for me. Oh, so anyway, so this is the way the show yeah, works. Right. Um, we all sit around. I will introduce a topic that I'm the one who is aware of. Um, and then we will talk about it slash have a Bible study on about it. It can be anything from um, a topic that I am thinking about personally where I have questions. Um, sometimes it's a viewer question. Sometimes it's a question that I am aware of just being in the atmosphere or some sometimes i just take over my own show also and... sometimes he steals the show from me and just cuts me off um he's going to i'm going to send it back to him and then he's going to ask me about comments so if you have questions comments or concerns um you we can don't need to hear about concerns in just, uh just stop watching either the comments on facebook or the comments on youtube um you can also email me at creighton at gmail.com that will be in the comments on facebook and youtube um because my name is hard to spell, and if you try, you're going to fail. So, so. Th- what's going to be interesting here, adding the extra camera, is you're going to be all over the switcher. So not only is Creighton kind of making sure the live stream, but he's switching back and forth. He introduces the topic. What makes the show, I think, unique is it's entirely unscripted. Uh, I have no idea what the show's about. These guys have no idea what the show's about. Uh, Derek and Justin are here to help me. Uh, turn whatever topic it is into a Bible study. Uh, that's kind of the goal. And then we'd invite you, the audience, uh, to interact with us uh, online. Creighton, before we uh, get to the topic at hand tonight, um, uh, do we have any any comments, anything anything already? Sometimes people jump in uh, right at the beginning. We've thrown everybody for a loop with no, with no countdown. Yeah, so. we're actually live, I think, earlier than normal. We do have one comment, and that is from our favorite, Miss Ann. She oh, says, good evening, gents. Um, and glad to see us tonight. Daddy. And it's always great to hear from you, Miss Ann. Hey, Miss Ann. How are you? Absolutely. All right. Well, before we get to the topic, and because uh, Creighton, you, we've had uh, we've had kind of a series. I don't know if you guys kind of picked up on it, uh, but you've there's been like a um, a, a, theme. Tra- a train of thought, a theme uh, to a lot of the episodes that we've been doing as of late, um, and they've been dealing with kind of church life, church culture. Uh, why don't you kind of recap a little bit of what, what we've been talking about. Uh, and then I want to throw things for a little bit. I want to throw a little wrinkle into it um, on brand, on topic. Um, and then we'll get to uh, your specific question tonight. That kind of sounds yeah, good. That sounds good. Um, Set the stage what we've been talking about as of late. All right. So uh, recently I've been, I listened to a lot of what I call, what they call discernment ministry podcasts. And they talk a lot about churches who are doing it wrong and why they're doing it wrong. And so, what we've been doing, um, the questions I've been bringing over the last, what is it, four, maybe five weeks, um, are all about how do you, like, what should you be looking for in a church? How do you find the right church? Um, so we've done, um, like, what makes a good pastor slash what makes a good preacher. Uh, we did, wish my mind wasn't blanking, boys. Any we, help? we talked um, a little bit about uh, yeah. worship ministry. Yeah, serving in the church. Yeah. what that looks like from a believer, non-believer standpoint, like how to get involved in serving type of thing. Um, what does service mean? Trauma, trauma episode, but I, that was a couple of weeks back. Right. That was actually, the trauma episode was one of the ones that started my yeah. train of thought because we talked about how if you are dealing with trauma and you're alone, one of the best things to do is to not be alone. Mm-hmm. And Absolutely. at the end of that episode, Absolutely. Um, I brought up the idea of like, what if you don't know how to be alone? Mm. And then we were like, well, you should find a church because then you won't be alone. Yeah. And the question is, how do you know? 
know, a good church. Um, was so that was one of the trauma episode was one of the, one of the ones that got us on. It was the catalyst yeah. catalyst was last week. Word. So it wasn't necessarily like red flags to see like within a church, but like more what to look for in a church. Like if you're looking for one, well, right? I think that's a, that's a good segue yeah. because again, we've, I, it, the, the way that I have felt and, and it's only natural, you know, so I pastor a church. Um, and so the question as it's been produced, uh, has really had like a pastoral perspective on it. It's been, you know, what should I look for in a pastor? What should I look for in, um, in, in leadership? Or what, how should the gifts manifest? Like, it's how should I get involved in service at a church? And then how should the church allow people to get involved? It's been, but it's been very much like, uh, hey, address this idea from the perspective of a leader, you know, from the leader's perspective, me as a pastor. And so I've, I've kind of, we, we've last few episodes have been addressing it from that kind of a vantage point. R- really, think of it this way. It's like, hey, I'm looking for a church. What should I be looking for the church to provide me? Mm-hmm. Which is not a bad thing when it, when looking for a church. Now, this is where I'm going to turn it just a little bit. So at some point, though, okay, you find the church. You find a church that you like. Um, you're not going to find a perfect church. Again, the old adage, if you find one, don't join it. You'll ruin it. Um, you know, There's always going to be a little bit of give and take with every church. Because, again... Church is, 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 is led by imperfect people and it's not full ev- of it. It's led by and full of imperfect people. Not mm-hmm. everything that, about a church is going to um, be exactly the way that you would want it to be, whether it be from just the preaching style to the, the substance of the preaching to the way they run children's ministry, the way they, they, they offer youth ministry or don't, or do they let babies in the sanctuary or do they, do they, do they not? Um, how many, uh, extra events do they provide do they um, use live drums and guitars or or is the dr- is the drums is the drummer hidden behind a cage do they put the drummer in a cage or not <laughs> right know? yeah do they play modern songs or is it or is it hymns what's the decibel level is it a satellite campus or is it a real you're going to find you're going to find you know there's a guy that's been coming to our church for about the last year or so and um, and I really I really have come to to enjoy uh, this this particular gentleman, I'm not going to mention his name. You guys know him. Um, <clears throat> there's no doubt that there are certain things about Calvary 316 that don't fit his preference. Um, but what's cool about it is like the things we the things that we do resonate. The things like he is he's like created his own checklist when looking for a church, and it's like as long as these main non negotiables get checked then like, he's good. Like I can let go of a few things. Um, like, you know, he dresses up to come to church. always wearing a blazer. That's great. No problem. Uh, not, not a whole lot of other people are wearing blazers. In fact, there are other people uh, that are wearing ball caps. Um, and that's fine. Um, I know I'm sure that that drives him nuts, but he doesn't care. You know, it's like, that's something like, that's such a minor thing. Like I'm not gonna I'm not gonna deprive myself of all these major attributes, and nitpick over some things that really don't matter. It's preference. It's 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 a personal thing. Whatever. So the conversation has been: you're evaluating a church. How do you pick a church? What should you be looking for in church? What things should you should you, you know, be real dogmatic about? What things should you maybe grant some grace and kind of roll with? I want to invert it though, in the sense of like, okay, you found that church. Instead of us discussing, like, what, what should your expectations be from the church that you're attending? And I think that it's fair to have some expectations. Like, I'm coming to this church. Um, 
What, what, what do I want most? Well, yeah, I, I want to be fed. Yeah, I want, I want the Bible to be proclaimed. Uh, I'm not here for the pastor's political opinions or platform. Like, I want, to, I want to hear from God, you know? And if I'm going to a place and I'm not hearing from God, then maybe I should find another place. Like, that's a major one. And it's like, you know, is this church facilitating my ability to come to the Lord's table, um, to, to be prayed for, to have my needs met if, if, if necessary? Um, is it a loving place? Now, that doesn't mean that it's their job, the church's job, to provide you friends. We've talked about that. you got to be friendly. You got. But once you find that place, and you're like, all right, this is, this is, these are my people. This is my church. Um, this is where my family and I are going to be. The, the question then, let's, let's flip it. What are now the expectations that the church should have on you? What, what, what expectations should you put on yourself as in like, okay, I'm now going to this church. This is what changes. What should I expect them to expect of me? That's mm-hmm. one way of saying it. Now, we've talked about this. We've mentioned it before. Uh, but, it, but this really ties in. Um, we live largely in a, a church culture founded on consumerism. Um, a lot of people, you know, you're, you're picking the church based on what the church can do for you. There's never been the consideration of you contributing. We, we have a church culture of consumers, not contributors. And I'm not bagging on consumers. Like you, sh- there are certain things that you should you you should come and expect to be ministered to, but there should also again when you look at what the church is in the first century context or or in the biblical context when we're examined like what is the church? The church is not just like a, first it's not a place, but it's not just a community you're a part of to be ministered to, but it's also it's a place where you contribute, you know, and that you minister as well, um, and that you give back to. Um, and so I kind of want to, you know, create, we'll get to, because I, I believe your topic tonight, again, if we're continuing the theme, will be related to this in some way. It um, would indeed. Okay. So I want to throw it to you guys because, you know, Justin, um, you know, you, you started coming to Calvary 316 years ago, uh, and then you went to China uh, for a couple of years, and then you came back. Um, you know, you've had the kind of an experience where, the first go around, you know, you knew you were going to be leaving. And it was like, well, it's, it's really hard to plug in someplace when you know you're going to leave. Um, you know, Derek, you know, you came to the you came to the church and then the pandemic happened. Yeah. You know, three months into it. Creighton, you've grown up in the church and you've been a part of, of, of Calvary 316 from its inception. Um, so I kind of want to hear from you guys. I have some thoughts on it. Um, but I want to hear from you guys. And let me kind of, um, let me tell a little story. Um, of, of what got me thinking about this in particular. So both of my sons have played basketball. Um, beginning in November, they've played basketball all the way up until last week. Um, Quincy's season uh, ended. Theodore's season ended. Quincy happened to make the all-star team, uh, which, was, which was a wonderful thing. They practiced Thursday, Friday, Saturday. They played two games Monday night, and then they played the championship game last night for the, the, the right to go to districts. Uh, they fell short. They played hard. Uh, they, they didn't make it. So now basketball season's over. So but yesterday, uh, we, were, we had a practice before the game. And I was thinking about basketball. Uh, because the team that we were facing, you know, I think we were the better team. But they had a few better players. Uh, and the way that basketball 
works when you get into like the NBA is you can have the best player. You can have the best two players, maybe even the best three players, but you will lose to the best team. Like basketball of, of maybe all sports with the exception of, of all sports have this at, at, at a degree. I think soccer probably is, is another consummate team game. Uh, one, one person can't take over a soccer game. You got to have somebody to pass it to you. And you got to have multiple passes for you to get open. Um, you know, if you know anything about soccer at all, soccer demands um, teamwork. Teamwork. Basketball is the same way. Um, a really good basketball team, you move the basketball around. Like the Golden State Warriors are a joy to watch. They have some of the best players in the world, but every person on the floor, I mean, the ball moves, there's a system in place. Um, and the system gives guys an open look to make their shot, but everybody's got a role. Everybody knows their role. Everybody plays to their role. Um, and it's and, and good basketball played the right way when it's a team game and there's systems in place and everyone uh, ha- knows their role, knows their place, knows what they're to do, and there's no ego involved. Like it is a beautiful game when it when it's played the right way. And so I've been watching basketball and just thinking about church life. You know, you know, church life. You know, I think I think so much. You know, so many of the of the, the the big downfalls that have that we've seen as of late, where leaders have been falling flat on their faces and churches have been struggling, you, you see a lot of uh, ISO basketball. You know, where the church the church becomes so dependent on one player, as opposed to emphasizing the importance of a team. And I think that's one of the the beautiful things about Calvary three sixteen. Not to not to brag about my own church, but. I will for a moment. Like, I think when I look across the room, uh, when I look at the, everybody that's involved, I mean, man, just really crazy diverse backgrounds. A lot of different people with different personalities. Um, and yet everyone kind of has a role and knows their place and is playing on the same team. And it's a beautiful thing. Um, it, it's a joy to be a part of, to watch. Now, I, I've been watching basketball. I, these thoughts have been going through my head. So I was, I was sitting in the van. Quincy was practicing. It was outdoors because they were then going to go into the gym. So sitting in my van and in front of me, at the car in front of me, there's these two ladies that are sitting there talking, two of the moms of, of some of the other kids on the basketball team. And, and I, as much as I wasn't trying to eavesdrop, they're literally right in front of me. And I can hear everything they're saying. Um, and it was such a cool conversation because one lady was just talking about how um, – you know, one of the ladies was like, hey, do you go to church? And she was like, yeah, you know, we've tried. We tried this one church. Um, you know, I went. Uh, my son liked it, but I really felt out of place. And, and you know, I, I didn't understand what they were saying from the pulpit. And it was really confusing. And, and then I got invited to like a small group, but it was other cult couples. And my husband uh, wanted nothing to do with church. And so I was on my own. And we just stopped. I just stopped going. It was just awkward and difficult. Now, the, the lady who had prompted this response, she started, um, I don't want to say like proselytizing about her church, but she was a saleswoman <laughs> and like she was straight up selling her church and, uh, and, and said all the right things and really hit the right buttons. And just, it was beautiful to watch even to the point that like towards the end of the conversation, I got out of, of my van practice was almost over and I was, I was standing there. They were still talking. And, uh, and I finally, I had to interject. I had to say something. I said, I said, ma'am, real, real quick, uh, you did a really good job uh, inviting her to church. I just, I just, I had to say that I was eavesdropping, you know, 
I feel like a creeper, <laughs> but, um, but you just, I just wanted to say you did a really good job selling your church and, uh, and, and inviting, inviting this person. She turned to me and you know what she said? She goes, you want to come? <laughs> I was like, right on. I said, no, I don't. Uh, I actually pastor a church. And, uh, but as a pastor, I just, I, I watched what happened and I thought, man, you know, as a pastor, I'd be proud if you were coming to my church and you, and you took that approach and you were telling somebody. So did you pitch her better? No, I didn't. No, I, I, I just, no, I, I had the thought, but no, no I, I, uh, I backed off of that. We're recruiting a sales team. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, hey, you're looking for a job lady. Um, I'm an apostle. So I've had this, I've had this thought. I've been thinking about this. So this is, this is what's prompted this on my end. Just seeing this lady proud. And it's just like, well, what is the expectation of someone that goes to church? Um, what should those expectations be for yourself going to a church? And so at this point, I, I want to work around the room. And we're going to start with Creighton. So we're going to, we're going to, I know I'm catching you off guard. Um, is this what it's like? Yeah. You need um, to put yourself on the screen. Yeah. Uh, so I think that there are a few and I think they fall into a few different categories. Um, so I think the, I think I'm going to hit the, the most awkward thing first, because then I'll feel better about talking about other things. Um, I think that if you're going to a church, you should give to it. Um, now, now I, you have to define what you mean by give, because some people so, will say, well, I give my time or okay. I, or I give True. I volunteer. So you, I, I, I know what you mean, but you you need to define what you mean by give. OK, um, I think that volunteering is great. You should do that. I think you should give monetarily. Um, and that is both because a churches need money to survive, um, like just just practically money is a good thing for a church to have. If there's a building, um, if there's electricity, right. if there's employees, if there are dudes who spend their Wednesdays crawling on the ground under the stage, um, they have to get paid. You should give money to your church. Now, how much that is, how frequently that's between you and God. I think that it is important for your church that you give. I also think that it's important for a Christian to give. I remember, uh, this was maybe five or six years ago, I was having a conversation with Andy. Andy, one of the guys that goes to our church, one of our elders, his name is Andy. I was having this conversation with him about tithing. And um, what he, he made a comment that was something to the effect of, if we hit the lottery tomorrow and the church had $13 million in the bank account, I would still hope that everyone gave because it's good for Christians to give money because the, it forces you to be the master of your money and not the other way around. So I'm, I'm going to start with the weirdest one. I think the that's one that great. Yeah. Like. It's I not think like the amount of money that the church has. It's the position of the heart that's giving the money that God gives you in the first place. Yes. So like everything that like we earn while we're working, that job was given to me in the first place. The skills that I have to earn the job were given to me by God in the first place. So like everything that I have, that I have is the Lord's. So that is, yeah, position of the heart, firstly. So, yeah, it wouldn't really matter if, like, okay, yeah, if the church struck $100 million, Okay, so what? Cool. Like, that doesn't awesome. change anything for yeah. you. Yeah, it doesn't change right. anything for me. Like, great. Like, now we have the surplus of things that we're able to do with, within the community, within the church, like, with, 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 with however we want to allocate those resources. But then, no, that's a position of the heart. Yeah. And it, it comes back to the, on the other side there, you, you have people, you have pastors who I am 100% certain that if you could no longer receive money as a church, like you and me 
and your dad and Pastor James would still continue doing the things we're doing. And then you and your dad and James would have to get jobs, but that wouldn't stop you. So it would just, it would limit, it would giving. limit what we're able to do. Yes. And that's, that's, I think the dynamic, for example, um, I would still pastor Calvary 316. If, if Calvary 316 was not able to pay my salary. So, so, okay. Let's even take a step back. Like, well, why does Calvary 316 pay my salary? Well, the reason is that the elders of our church have reached the conclusion that there are enough needs that need to be met on a day by day, week by week basis that it can't be accomplished by just volunteers. That it's at least one full-time job. That that it necessitates a full-time job. That that what God has called me to do, I couldn't do efficiently and effectively um, if I if if a huge portion of my time. So if I was working a forty-hour job somewhere else, you know, so I'm working a nine to five, and then and then and then when I get off of work, I've got family obligations. So I've got my kids' sports and helping with homework. I've got another few hours that are just dedicated to that. You know, my Saturdays playing ball, et cetera. Like how much time do I have to prep a Bible study? Right. Um, I have some time, but five, six, seven hours, maybe. Um, as opposed to, and that's just one component of my job. And that is five or six, seven hours that you're setting apart from other things. Like it would still eat into your, you know, you have to deal with burnout. And there are a lot of reasons why a church would need money more important than all of the reasons the church needs to have money. I think that Christians need to give money. Um, it says that the, I mean, the Bible tells us that the love of money is the root of all evil holding like, like that. Uh, like why you give is as important is as important as how much, how often, or like the method in which you. Okay. Let me, let me add a, let me add a wrinkle. Let me add a wrinkle okay. to that. So everything you said is right. Everything you said, I agree with. There's no no qualms. Um, now, I, there, there's there's I, I've I've heard this argument. I've heard somebody you know they'll say, well, yeah, okay. Um, I I give to missionaries, and I've got some nonprofits that I give to. I give. You're absolutely right. I need to give. Uh, I just give to a lot of other places other than my church. Um, and and I've heard that before. I've heard well, you know. You know, you got plenty of money, or you can go get a job, but there are missionaries that can't get a job because they can't work in the country that they're in, etc. Now, okay, the principle of giving, I get. And yet there's an Old Testament idea. So when when God was commissioning the children of Israel to build the tabernacle, and there was going to be this place of meeting, you know, God set up some structures in the way that Israel functioned. Again, the church is not Israel, but we have principles in place that are still applicable. Uh, again, there's nowhere in the New Testament that we're specifically told 10%, a tithe. Literally, a tithe means 10%. That's what the word tithe means, tenth. Mm-hmm. Um, well, why do we do a tenth? Well, because there's there's tons of Old Testament precedent that seem to place 10% as a good starting point on a first fruit. Um, from Abraham to Melchizedek, it's first mention, uh, all the way through the Old Testament. You see 10 as as being a good place to start. So, like, we don't have a number. So we, we start with, with something that has precedent. Well, why do I need to give to the church that I go to? Um, well, in the, the, the nation of Israel, why was it important for the children of Israel to give for the creation of the tabernacle and, and to give for the creation of the table of showbread or the menorah? You know, all the gold, everything that was used to make all the utensils that were it was all given. You know, it wasn't like God just dropped this stuff out of the sky. He said, no, you guys... This is what I'm doing. This is how I'm organizing you. This is what's important. 
I'm going to dwell in the middle of you, but you need to build a house here. And we're going to be all together, but you have to build it. And you have to give of yourself, of your resources, not just for the physical stuff, but then I'm actually of the 12 tribes. I'm going to pull one of them out. And like, they're going to full-time do this thing. Right. They won't have, they won't have land. They won't even have land or an inheritance. The Levites, their job is to facilitate the work, my worship for on behalf of the nation. Like they, they work for me representing you, but this is how, this is how it rolls. And And what was the intention? The intention was to create a national identity and connection to their place of worship. Like it was, it was, this is where I'm being blessed. This is the place in which I'm, I'm, the the service is happening. You know, in, in the New Testament context, that's why Paul will say a workman is worth his wage in the context of the church. Like if you are being blessed by a particular church and that pastor and that ministry Yes, you can give elsewhere. That's fine. But you also need to give to support the very people that are giving to you because it keeps it in check. It keeps Mm -hmm. that balance in your heart. Like, I'm being blessed, but I'm going to make sure that I help facilitate you blessing me because that's a precedent we find all the way back in the book of Exodus. Right. You you see what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. So it goes, yes, you're absolutely right. We should give. We should totally give. Um, But we should also give to our church. Now, how you want to break up percentages, whatever, that's fine. Right. But you should give to your church because it's like, this is my home and I'm going to help keep the lights on. Like I'm going to, I'm going to help meet practical needs here because it connects me to this place, to these people. Right. You're building a, you're building a psychosomatic, that might not be the correct use of that, but you're building, you're building a connection with the place that you're giving. Um, which is why, you know, it's, and it works the same way with the missionaries or the other thing. It's why we give to, uh, Nikki and Kenneth, right? We have a, we have a personal connection with them. We and, love and them. We're invested. We're and invested we love in what them. they're doing. Listen, I love the, I love them. And, and I, w- my love would never change, but we are invested into them now. Literally. <laughs> and as a result, you know what that does? That creates an accountability from mm-hmm. us to them and them to us. It strengthens a connection. Um, that's one of the reasons why, for example, at Calvary 316, there's no teaching. Like we don't allow you to be in a teaching role or you can't be an elder if you don't, if you're not a faithful giver. Yeah. Now we don't have, we don't place that particular requirement on any other aspects of ministry, but when it comes to an elder or specifically a teaching capacity of some sort, um, we, 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 it is kind of a requirement, a prerequisite. You could almost say you have to be bought in. Like, that might be a bit of a, a, a it, weird choice, but in it, a common is, vernacular, you're literally, sure. yeah. you're literally buying in. Yes. Um, and I think oh, that's or you could important. also say you're putting your money where your mouth is. Right. I love this church. You never give a dime to it. What that says is that you would be okay if it just stopped. Because guess what? Like, it could. <laughs> you know, if you're not paying the mortgage, guess what happens? You don't have a place to meet anymore. Now, I would like to caveat this because, and you mentioned earlier uh, acts of service and whatnot. And I think there is a, I think there is the idea of, of people who either have very little money or no money. Um, I don't think it's as much of a, of an issue in in America as it might be elsewhere. Um, I think that it is also important to serve your church. So that let's just segue Um, to like the second thing. 
Right, because the second would be like the other money, version set of Set money giving. aside now. It's just like, hey, your you're volunteerism. Right. I think that you should be, like, one of the things is uh, every now and then we'll have, like, a, a lighter crowd on a Sunday morning where either it's rainy or it's the 4th of July or whatever. And it's like, there are, like, three Or the Bulldogs people, went to, like, triple overtime. Right. <laughs> and it's like, you know, as opposed to the 70 or 80 people we normally have on a Sunday morning, we have, like... 30 or 40 or less. I'm terrible at estimating those numbers. are Your numbers not, are way off, but that's I am fine. Terrible at estimating. Those numbers are not even kind of accurate. At any rate, we have a lot less than normal. And it's like everybody in the building is volunteers. Um, as much as I like having a big service, those services feel much closer in terms of, it feels much more like I'm worshiping with my family than with, a whole church congregation where it's like everybody I know is there. They're bought in both with maybe with their money. Cause I don't actually know. And definitely with their time. I know that they are in. I really like that. I think it, once again, I think it's important. Um, fine. We talked about this with the service last week, find a way for you to give of your time to your church, because that will also build uh, your connection to the church and maybe more importantly, it will allow you to build connections with people in your church. Now, let me, let me address that because this is, I can put on the pastor's hat. You know what often happens for folks is, is they look around and everything's getting done and they're like, Oh, well, I don't really need to volunteer because it's all, it's all getting done. Yeah. The, the, the problem with that is that I guarantee you your church needs volunteers. Yep. Every church needs more children's ministry. Every church needs more ushers. Every church needs more volunteers. What you see is, yes, the job's getting done, and it tends to get done by the few that are willing to do it, willing to step in. Calvary 316 is kind of an anomaly because by percentages, the majority of the people coming to our church serve in some capacity. Which is Um, wonderful. But again, I think it's the issue of the heart. It's like, okay, I want to be a part. I want to belong. I don't want to just be blessed. I want to figure out a way to bless. Yes. And so if I can, if I can help, let me help. Let me find a way. But that starts with the heart. We, we've been talking a lot. So we, we've talked about tithing. We talked about volunteerism. Justin, let me get you in. What, what are some of your thoughts just about the whole, the whole topic in general? Just getting involved. I mean, I'm traveling and being involved in different churches. In and, China, you were involved in the church there. Yeah. yeah. In, in China and Israel. I mean, everywhere I go, I try, if I go to a church, I try and be involved in it. Not for other people's sake, but for, for me, mm-hmm. it's kind of a selfish thing, I guess. Cause it, it's again, like that buying into something. If, if, if I don't love being there, then I'm, I'm just saying show up and leave as soon as service is over. It's just that. Yeah. Um, even if you don't know what you're good at, like I'm not good at sound stuff, but that was what was needed. And so I, yeah, you I stepped said, up and helped. I do that. So right. <laughs> I'm musically impaired. I don't know what's going on half the time. I just fake it till I make it, press some buttons and stuff. So, I and mean, you also, just, you also came back during the pandemic and it was like, right. oh, oh my goodness, there's, we're trying to do something here. And we, you know, because of a lot of the restrictions, you know, there's some comp- complicated there's some complex components to how we do in this. And you were like, right from the, the beginning, Derek, same way. Yeah. But you guys were like, I'm not, 
I'm not scared of this thing. And, um, and I, I, I'm willing to run the risk. You know, even if I were to get infected or, or, or whatever, like, um, I want to help my church get through something. Yeah. It's kind of cool how you brought that up. Like when I did start coming to the church, it was like right after the pandemic happened. But to me in my head, it did, I didn't really even think about it in that way because I was just super hungry to be plugged in. Like I wanted a home. Like I've always wanted to serve and just do what I can. And for me, it's like, if I'm going to a church and don't, I don't necessarily know how to word this. Like going to a church and not getting plugged in for me doesn't do anything because it's like, I I can do whatever needs to that that's available. Like I, yeah. As soon as I started, what what did we start doing? Just doing lights or helping out with the live stream. Like when we were doing that, yeah, through the pandemic, doing the live stream, but still there every Sunday. Like and partially due to my wife being plugged in, but which super awesome for me to be a part of to just be plugged in from the very beginning. And for me. I just want to be available for like whatever you guys need, like whatever the church needs. What have, what have I done? Like ushering, uh, oh, you, done the lights. You, what do you call, the, you call the yourself? The Swiss, you're the yeah, Swiss, the, yeah. the Swiss army knife. Swiss army knife. Yeah. Done the cajon or drums or whatever, the bass guitar, whatever. But like at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter what to me. It's more of like, if you come to me and are like, Hey, we kind of need this. And you have a little bit of this talent. I'm like, okay, well, I've been praying about what I may or may not need to do. Like, okay, so you're kind of answering this. So just right. do whatever I can. So just making myself available for whatever is there. And I think is a big key. Like, okay, going into a church, you have your own expectations for the non-negotiables, like you were talking about. But then how are you getting plugged into? How are you being fed? And what is your fruit like? And how are you contributing to the growth, whether it be yourself or the church? And that's only something that you'll know within you and the Lord. But I think that's the key. What you said, being available. Yeah. Like, I don't know what I'm good at. I mean, there's certain things that aren't applicable to church life or the church service, but I'm available. Yeah. And so if you need something, if I don't know how to do it, I'll figure it out or I'll do a bad job at it. But I'm doing it. Yeah. <laughs> It'll get done. Yeah, yeah. I, you need me to take the trash I, out? Yeah, I'll take the trash. Oh, you right. need me to play guitar because somebody's out? Okay, yeah, sure. I'll right. play guitar. I, I probably but. wouldn't go that far oh, playing true. guitar. You want to keep people coming to church. <laughs> but, but, you know. Well, it's like it's like Creighton and I are talking about, like, we, sh- we need to add some more voices on Outlaw Radio. We have any ideas? Hey, let's invite the most introverted person we know. Right. Yeah. To be on a, a radio show that where we talk, you know? <laughs> <laughs> but you were there. It was like, hey, man, I just well, I want to hang out. I'm not good at a whole lot, but I'm good at being available for yeah. stuff. So yeah. I, that, It's 90% I, of the battle. Right. And, and I think that's what a lot of people miss is that I'm not good at this. I'm not good at that. Can you make it? Can you be there? Like, the sound, for example, the soundboard. It's a super complicated thing that I don't, I don't understand what all the little knobs and buttons do a lot of the time. But I had a short primer on it, and I can move stuff around till it sounds okay. And somebody that and, knows what they're doing can say, "Hey, turn this up." Right. And I can do that. Right. Or even the simple stuff like the slides, Pro Presenter. Now, granted, I did have some practice being in China because that's basically what I did at the, the small little congregation that we did there, setting that Pro Presenter stuff up. 
But being able to set that up and just getting, like, we, we had one of our youth come in because we needed somebody to come in. I was like, hey, you're doing slides today. Mm-hmm. Press these buttons. Easy. Yeah. And, and just being available, I think, is super important. And, and a lot I, of people, I agree. It just goes right over their head. They they get so intimidated by what's what's my gift, what's my gifting, what am I good at? Yeah. Don't worry. Don't don't yeah. worry about being what what your gifting is. Don't worry there's, about what you're good at. There's just an old just there's an old it. saying that's great that God, God doesn't always call the equipped, but He always equips the called. Mm-hmm. Yes. Right. Moses wasn't good at speaking. No. Guess what he did. Spoke a lot. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Yeah, the uh, I guess in Creighton, I'm going to throw it to you in a second. But, you know, the, the first component, I think, to this, um, that people have to honestly ask themselves is, like, do you want to belong? Like, you might like the church. Yeah. And you might go to the church. Um, you might feel you're, like you're blessed. Do you really want to belong to something bigger than yourself? Do you want your family to belong to something bigger than yourself? Um, and, and, and if your answer is like, no, I, I would really challenge you. Why not? Like, what is it that, you know, w- what's holding you back from that? And then give me a biblical justification for it. Creighton. Yes, I have a comment. Um, as you can see, guys, we have only uh, three of the boys here. Uh, one of the boys who is not here. He is sick and has a sick son. Kyle has a comment. Um, he would like to say that to the, the person that we're talking, you know, the hypothetical you. You are a part of the body. Don't be the lazy eye or the sixth toe. Contribute to the work the rest of the body is doing. Or even Which, then be the lazy eye or the or the <laughs> gift toe. Just be be a part. Like, well, you know I think what, I mean? what he's like, trying to say is that the lazy eye and the sixth toe are non-functional parts of the body. Find so a way be to function, a functional right? part yeah. of the body. If it means getting there early and putting cones out to stop people from turning Something. in the parking lot where they're not supposed to. Like they are. I promise you, if you get there early, uh, your pastor and whoever opens up the church will just find things for you to do. There's, a, there's, <laughs> there's, you know, you leave Sunday thinking about the things that didn't get done. You know? Yes. There's um, always stuff. So, okay, so we've talked about giving monetarily. We've talked about servanthood. Um, we've talked about availability you know, our time. Is there anything else we want to throw into that? I can think of two, but I'll, I'll leave it for you guys. Do you guys have any other thoughts here? Just being humble. Don't be set in your ideas of a specific way that you think that you can serve and like say from like, Oh, you know what? I'll volunteer. Well, I don't know. Maybe I'm not going that way. Like I can only be an usher. I can't do anything else. But, like, maybe the Lord has a different little calling for you to do. Don't just be set in your own specific idea of, like, you know what? I'll volunteer, but only if this specific thing is available. You know, I want to be a vocalist on the worship team. Yeah. yeah that I, or nothing else. And if that's not open, When you can't sing it. at all. <laughs> yeah. I, and I, I'm in that position. I, I cannot sing. I sound like a coyote in a trash compactor. Well, we don't know. We haven't heard you sing. We've, and you probably will never. But if the need ever <laughs> arise and, and somebody need to get up there and, say, and Zach said, hey, I need somebody to sing, if I'm available. Hey, you're singing with me, buddy. You know, then, we're going to sing yeah, together. Okay. We better be doing Creed covers. <laughs> <laughs> so um, let me throw out let me throw out two other things, right? And one of them, uh, a little disappointed none of you guys picked up on one of them. Um, because every Sunday I close by talking about what the mission of our church is and where the real ministry happens. Bring other people to church. 
not bring other people to church per se, but tell other people evangelize. Mm. Like there is, a, there isn't, you know, again, you know, I, I've bagged on seeker friendly churches for years and will continue. Um, <laughs> But that I do so. Sounded like the start of an apology. No, no, it wasn't. No, it wasn't at all. I want to make sure that everybody's aware that this is not the start of an apology, um, because again, and the one of the but here's one of the reasons. What, what does the seeker friendly church do pretty well? Um, they they equip and encourage their people to go out and bring their unsaved friends to church, like even to the point like we'll make church so watered down your unsaved friend won't feel threatened. They won't know they're in church. They won't mm-hmm. even know they're in church. Um, but the, but the emphasis is that, hey, we're setting this up for evangelism. Our service is geared for evangelism. We've designed it to be non-threatening. The idea is every sermon closes with an invitation. The structure here is we're, we're a crusade, for the most part, masquerading as a church. This only works if you bring people. And then, just in case you don't, we'll spend a lot of money on advertisement, from billboards to radio to et cetera, just in case you fail on your job, because this is the whole structure of the ministry. Like the ministry only works if there's, it's only justified if there's conversions, but there can only be conversions if people that aren't saved come to church. Now, the reason I don't like the the whole model is that the premise fundamentally is you got to bring someone to a place to encounter God. Mm. And in doing so, it robs the essence of the great commission. The church its job is not to evangelize. It's the job of a Christian to evangelize. Seeker-friendlyism developed in a declining church where people were no longer doing one-on-one evangelism. And so it was like, well, if the church is shrinking in numbers because people aren't getting saved because our people aren't evangelizing, instead of encouraging them to do what they're supposed to be doing, let's do it for them so they don't have to evangelize. All they got to do is invite somebody to church. Like, we're going to dumb this down as low as it can. You don't have to tell your story. You don't have to share your faith. You just bring their butt to church, and we'll do your job for you. Like, that's the whole blueprint, which is why I get so worked up about it, because it's like big conversion numbers the wrong way. And I think God really cares not just about the end result. He cares about how you get to the end In fact, he cares how you get to the end result more than he cares about the end result. And there's a thousand examples of this in Scripture, right? Mm Mm-hmm. That being said, you know, a ministry like ours completely fails because our, our intention is we're church for Christians. Our whole, the whole, the whole model is our focus isn't the unbeliever. Our focus is believers encouraging you, equipping you, teaching you, exhorting you, ministering to you for what reason? So that you can go into the world and evangelize. If you never go into the world and evangelize, I can say at Calvary 316, we're failing as a ministry. I remember I used to live in uh, Merritt Island, Florida. I went to Calvary Chapel, Merritt Island. That's and where Joe and Teresa are. Are, are they going yeah, there? Yeah. Yeah. So when, uh, so when you leave the parking lot, I don't know if it's still there. I haven't been there in years, but uh, they had a little sign on the back side of the, you only saw it when you're leaving. It said you're now entering the mission field. Mm. It's true. That's cool. Oh, I like yeah, that a that lot. Cool. And so that, that's all it said, but it, stuck in my mind. It's you true. leave church, you're entering in the mission field. Huh. So we're talking about belonging, <clears throat> contributing, being a part. There is a component of and you know it's so easy to do it now. You know, again, I don't want to I don't want to let anyone off the hook. Uh, witness to your coworker. You know, share your faith. You know, 
and again, you can fall back to, to, to the Apostle Paul could answer any theological question that was presented. But when he was given the opportunity, what did he do? Told he his said, testimony. He said, this is who I was, and then I met Jesus, and this is who I am now. He just told his story. Because you can't argue with someone's story without being a total jerk. You know? <laughs> no. no, you didn't. No, I'm telling you I encountered Jesus. No, uh Like, okay, bud. Like, you know, who's who's small now? Right. Puts uh, this is it. my story. You being intolerant. Um, but at the same time, like, that is your role. Like, in the big church concept like your job is to go out and to to share your faith and and to and and not just to share your faith but to live your faith as well you know to be a light like don't be a closet christian you know now don't be like annoying for jesus that's not what i'm saying right megaphones and what are the sandwich signs yeah you know it's below the only thing between those two sandwiches is baloney yeah Solid. I can tell you right now, if you if you're living the way you're supposed to be living, it doesn't take long for people to figure out you're a Christian. Mm. Yeah, very true. But I would encourage people this, and again, I, I, this is going to be this is going to come across hard. Uh, when was the last time you led someone to Jesus? When was the last time you you led somebody in a prayer for the Lord? When was the last mm. time you actually talked to somebody about Jesus? When, when was it? When, your neighbor, someone at the pool, uh, coworker. Uh, parent at the ball field. I, when was the last time you talked to someone about Jesus and shared your faith? When was the last time you prayed with someone to receive Christ? And then when was the last time you brought somebody to church with you? And I think that that's a simple thing too. You know, hey man, God's been changing my life. And man, this, when was the last time you, you, you listened to a Bible study and then you shared it with someone? And there's a thousand ways to do that now. Like it's easier than ever. It's easier than ever. You can podcast that link you know you'd share the link to the podcast getfedtoday.com getfedtoday.com um calvary 316 on apple google spotify also solid bible teaching uh or outlaw radio hey it's not a preachy bible study just dudes having a conversation about jesus ask us questions interact yes but i'm just saying like there is there is a component to this as well where it's like when when was the last time you were pumped up to go to your church because your friend was getting baptized. And I know for a lot of people you're sitting there thinking that hasn't ever happened or that hadn't happened in a long time. And I would say, I'm not trying to, to be judgy here, but at the same time, like that's what we're here for. Like that's the whole idea. Um, And, and my first encouragement isn't bring someone to church so I can tell them about Jesus. My first encouragement is go tell someone about Jesus. And then if in the process of that, like maybe you hit a few wrote, wrote, then you bring them to me, you know, tell them about Jesus. So you can bring them to church, not bring them to church. So you can tell them about, so that I can tell them about Jesus. So someone else can, that's a good way to put it. Um, Well, I mean, if you're, if you're preaching, your goal is to teach the saints, the people at the church, an unchurched person, a a non-Christian is, going to come in there and they're going to be completely confused most of the time they're not going to know what's going on but you can be their guide and that's right. why i think you know people talk about i, I got to be very careful not to go on a rant but yeah we're a little close to time here for you to start a rant we're good no we're fine um can't put a time limit on jesus <laughs> amen amen this is that 10 p.m episode baby let's go 
again, I, I don't, I, I'm, I don't want to go on a rant here. Um, so, so I won't, let me throw in, let me throw in the, the other thought. Cause I said I had, there was two more because I want to make sure I get, I have time for the, the second one and then maybe I'll go on a rant. Maybe I won't. Um, a lot of everything, everything everybody has shared has been spot on, been great. I think it's all wonderful. I'm, I am going to speak as a pastor real quick. Um, okay, man, I, I really do love this church. I love Calvary 316. It's my home. It's my family. Um, man, I, I want to belong. I want to be a part. Um, how can I, how can I, how can I accomplish that? And we've talked about giving. Okay, great. Obviously, that would be great. Yeah, give. That's wonderful. Um, it, it's very practical. Very practical way to help the church. Um, and serving. Awesome. It's a great practical thing to do. Um, there, there's a lot of needs. A lot of roles that can be filled. And, and, and bringing people that, that don't know the Lord, that you've been witnessing to and sharing your faith and building a connection with, bring, yeah, that's awesome too. Being available. Just being available. And I think what I'm about to share kind of ties in with the being available thing. I've told people before, like, hey, what can I do? I'll have somebody come up. And this is often someone that, that has just started coming, that's really amped up about things. And um, what can I do to plug in? My answer, because I'm not going to tell them to volunteer. I don't know this person. And, and I don't even, like, they're, they're new, so I'm not going to, like, say, hey, start giving your money. Like, that's not where I'm going. But what I will say is if you love this place and this place excites you and, and you consider this family, you know the number one thing you can do to support the church? The number one thing. And not only the number one thing, the easiest thing you can possibly do. No one take a guess? Hadn't been mentioned yet. Read your Bible. Show up to church. <laughs> <laughs> Show up. <laughs> You're right. Show up to church. You know, it's Sunday, and we're just asking for an hour and a half. You know where we're going to be? <laughs> just show up to church. Hey, I really I really like this place. Man, you're a great Bible teacher. Man, I feel blessed. I'll see you in three weeks. <laughs> what do you got going on? Well, dude, there's a, a football game on, and uh, we got, I, got, I got this. And, and really, I just needed, I, you know, I needed time to mow my yard. How, like, <laughs> how important is it? How much do you really love it? It's an hour and a half of your week. That's it. Like at Calvary 316, that's one of the, th the reasons that like we don't do a midweek. Like we've streamlined, like how can I bless my church? How can I contribute to my church? How can I be a part? Show up on Sunday at 1030. And, and if you really want to take, and just do that every week, like every week, you know how awesome that would be? First, you'll plug in in a hurry. You'll meet a bunch of people. Like if you... Like Barno Group that does a lot of research on this. They've now defined like a regular church attender as someone that shows up twice a month. Mm. That's a regular church attender. And then they, they frame the super involved as three out of four Sundays. And the four out of four Sundays are the pastor and his family. That's how they define <laughs> that's how they define attendance. And and years ago I did I did a study on this. I said, well, like if you come Let's say you come one out of four Sundays. Let's say everybody in this building came one out of four Sundays. That, that was your ratio. You came once a month. A lot of people feel real good about coming once a month, especially in the summer. 12 mm. times a year. They so come. Hey, tw they, they, I can think of people right now. I'd be, I'd be 
excited to see 12 times a year. I do have to say, we do a pretty good job at streaming. So our streaming quality is pretty good. Doesn't so doesn't change it. If, no you're, stream. if you're sick, stay home. If your kid's sick, stay home. We do a great job. If you're pregnant with twins, stay home. Um, <laughs> that seemed oddly specific. Oddly specific. But like, but I mean, there are there are real reasons. Or you just had like you just you're tired and burnt out, you know, and you just need that that lazy. Mo- I get it, but. The live stream crutch becomes a habit is what it does. And you'll see it. If you come one out of everybody in our church came one out of four Sundays. Do you know the percentage chance that you'll have of seeing the same people the week that you come? 25%. Eight. That's close. <laughs> because it's your 25 yeah, and your, their 25 yeah. and there's subtraction. It's, it's like I'm really eight, bad at math, so yeah. I have no it, idea. It literally breaks down that you have it you have an eight percent chance. And i I've I've had people say, Man, I've been coming to this church for a year. I don't know anybody. No, no and it's like you you've come four times in a year. <laughs> <laughs> like how do you expect like you don't even know the people that come here? Because you, you don't actually come here. You show up on the guy that's in the box every Sunday. Yeah, the I big mean, guy in the box. Yeah. My, my point, my point is like, if you, if you like the most basic thing, hey, hey, how can we support the children's ministry? How can we really help with the youth ministry? Bring your kids to church. <laughs> there are people volunteering their time to minister to the kids. You know the most frustrating thing that happens? When there's no kids. Mm. bring them again again i'm going to speak as a pastor it's like i invite everybody to my house at 10 30 on sunday morning and i spend 40 hours working on the meal and nobody shows up to eat it how do you think that makes me feel not great and then i gotta do it all over again because it's what i'm called to do once a week (laughs) every week (laughs) My, my point is, like, you really want to encourage your pastor or oh, the worship team? Just show up. And, and it, go, it ties in with the whole, like, you know, be there. But, like, even beyond being there to help, just be there to be there. You know, in the early days of Calvary 316, I mean, I mean, there were Sundays where it's like, I preached my heart out. I felt like I brought it. Man, worship was great. And it was like the dozen people enjoyed it. And I had to get away from that. Like, it was like, hey, there are a dozen more people that you deserve to be there to listen to you. It's like, Lord, I'm on holy ground. For the record, I was there. I was one of those dozen. You were one of those dozen. Those were good times. Yes. I appreciated that. There were, we didn't have problems back then. Now, we we don't have problems now. But here's the thing. And again, I think Calvary 316 is great at this. Like, I mean, the, 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 I love our church. The percentages, the percentages of attendance. But, like, if you really, again, about belonging, like, you know, Derek, one of the reasons, you and Justin both, I'll speak to you both. Creighton, you're, you're a little bit of a different dynamic. But you guys, like, the reason that you got, you ended up getting plugged in as quick as you did, and the reason that you're here tonight, and the reason that you were invited over to my house at some point to hang out and watch a ball game, and, and the reason that, you know, that you have a friend group and the reason that you're married now, mm-hmm. like, the, I mean, the don't underestimate the simple reality that one of the reasons is that the moment that you guys started coming to church, you came every Sunday. Yeah, for sure. 
you guys are there every single Sunday, unless something major's going on. Like it, it would have to, like even to the point that if Derek or Justin are not at church, I'm like, Creighton, what's up with these guys? Mm. Like something, actually, did I'll they get that. hit by a car or something wrong? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll take that a step farther. When like Derek and Justin aren't at church, people who are only there every other week or less are like, hey, where are Derek and Justin? And you know what I love to say when that happens? <laughs> what? Yeah, he left the church like four months ago. <laughs> 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 and then they leave. I, but, but, yeah, listen, but listen, I mean, again, again, here's the thing. It's like, you know, when a visitor comes in and it's one of the light mornings, they're like, what's going on in this place? But if everybody was there, you know, if everybody showed up at Calvary 316, we couldn't function. I'd be busted. Oh, it would be we couldn't. wild. We couldn't function. Um, but I haven't had to worry about that because nobody shows up at the same time. <laughs> Um, and then it gets even worse. The percentages get even worse if you have multiple services. Oh, I bet. You know, because then it's like, okay, well, I did come oh, on first yeah. service to second service, but I did like that. Your numbers drop even more. Like yeah. it's, and I, I would actually not only your numbers drop, but the chance of you seeing the same person twice drop. You'll never build community. You'll yeah. never make relationships. You'll you never might as really well be plug a 4,000 person mega church. Just go, man. Just go. And I think that's the thing. One of the things I learned living overseas it's how important it is to be involved in the church or just going mm. to a church because as, as a Christian, we're not, we're aliens. Like mm. when, when, when you go to another country or you live in another country, you tend to navigate and, and gravitate towards people of your same culture, your same ethnicity, your same, this, your same, that same holds true for Christians. If you get away from that, you lose, you start losing your identity if you're on your own. And the only way to, to hold on to that and to grow in your, in your culture, your identity is to be around other people that have the same, hmm. same thing. Absolutely. Yeah. Totally. Any, any final thoughts? Great. Now we didn't get to your topic. We'll punt it. We'll punt it to actually programming. Yeah, so note. We won't be, I'm going to actually do this one because now I have to spend my birthday with a bunch of children. So next week is my birthday and we were going to have uh, outlaw radio for my birthday, but instead we'll be doing church stuff, which I'm not actually upset about. I'm being overdramatic because dramatic is fun. More of the story. We're not having an episode next week. We will be doing uh, other things. So, um, well, we were supposed to be doing this week. Yeah. We, which we, is why we ended up having an episode this week. Yeah. So just ebb and flow with us. You can always check out calvary316.com uh, on the, the, the main page. There is a service schedule and outlaw radios listed. So, always an easy place to go i do have a comment by the way yeah okay let's get let's get a comment we're we're in no time restraints so um this one is from josh brown and he says nice hat creighton josh brown i agree it is a nice hat this is his productions it's a great company if you are trying to start a radio show it's wonderful (laughs) dude can we get some cash apps going in the chat for creighton's birthday (laughs) it's coming up next week come on let's show him some love he does a ton we love to have him the show wouldn't be possible without him like you said can we get some can we get some cash apps going in the chat come on yeah go fund me for creighton that's funny (laughs) you should get a hawaiian shirt birthday (laughs) yes you want a you want a hawaiian shirt y'all got any final any final (laughs) thoughts anything anything else creighton you got anything else i'm good all right. Well, you have been listening to the Outlaw Radio Show brought to you by GetFedToday.com. One podcast, five different studies so that you can get fed throughout the week. 
uh, Apple, Google, Spotify, uh, all major platforms. Again, get fed today. Uh, for more information, getfedtoday.com. You can check that out. Uh, cool features, cool things on the site. Uh, be blessed by it. Again, this is the Outlaw Radio Show. My name is Zach Adams. So glad that uh, uh, Creighton, Derek, Justin, thank you for being with me. Absolutely. Absolutely. My homies, Nick and, and Kyle, miss you guys. Hope to see you in a few weeks. Um, check out Calvary 316. Um, once again, I'm Zach. This is the Outlaw Radio Show. And uh, two weeks, we will be back. Uh, our live stream. A uh, few days, the podcast will get dropped. So we'll see you guys soon. God bless.